Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Rest in peace to Amanda's shame and dignity. Hello, welcome to the Owl Hello, Show. Hello, welcome. And relax. Um, <laughs> Are you feeling relaxed? I haven't slept in three days. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I haven't slept in three days. Uh, hello, dear listeners. We are so excited to be here. Um, and are we? we? <laughs> yes, we are. We're very excited. See, I'm not wearing mascara, so like my eyes still look a little bit dead. <laughs> Just it's okay, it matches, so matches how you feel on the inside. Oh, it was so sleepy. Oh, <laughs> I was so sleepy. I got up and I was at that like crucial hour of it's too late to try to go to sleep, mm. but it's too early to do anything. So I waited an hour in bed on TikTok. Um, so I could go get donuts and breakfast tacos at this oh, one place. That sounds nice. Oh, it was great. It was great. It was great. I would love to have donuts for breakfast. And like clockwork, because we just hit record, Sansa wants to come inside, so I will have to go and let her. Let's in. go get Sansa. Yes. Um, we haven't had a Sansa break in a while. So welcome, dear listeners. Uh, this is the part of the show where Crow lets the cat back in. Um, if you see me periodically checking uh, my mouth in the camera, it is because I am concerned that I'm eating my lipstick. Um, if you are a listener only, this interlude makes no sense to you, and I apologize. Um, but I'm glad to be here. It's very early. What? Hello. Hello. I'm back. I'm All sorry. Right. No, you're good. Corolla, what are we talking about today? <laughs> we are talking about writing BL because we are actually both writers. We're both we writers. are. We, we are. practice the craft of writing at least sometimes. Yeah. 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 Um, so this is something that I feel like we've been pondering <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Um, and we never really felt comfortable doing it. Um. For a myriad of reasons that we'll probably go on to explain later, we just never really felt comfortable broaching the subject. Mm -hmm. But, you know, New Year, same trash us. <laughs> <laughs> trashier, trashier. Trashier I somehow. <laughs> um, I think that was my motto going into like 2021 or 2022. It was like New Year, same petty me. Yeah, that's um, a good one, you know? That it's like, like nothing's really changed. Just gotta stick with the things that work. I feel right. Bitterness being yeah. dead inside. Um, at least you know you'll accomplish it. You're right. good at it. You know, I'm. I'm excellent at being dead inside and still yeah. looking quite good. Yeah, um, same. Like I'm most really good at being trash. Yeah, like 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 realistically, most writers. Um, yeah. So we finally decided to put our money where our mouths are. And talk about 
and talk about uh, writing BL and what brought us here and why we refuse to leave and is this fetishizing gay men? Oh my god, I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> it never left, Amanda. It never we got, left. We got like the briefest reprieve. Yeah. We got like a small reprieve, but now it's back. Tail. Tail. He's um, here. My current favorite thing on the internet right now are aunties trying to watch Trigun, especially Trigun Stampede, where, like, the incest ship is pretty much canon, and they're just, like, not sure what to do with themselves. I'm just... Because Trigun 98, like, in theory, you could find a straight ship in there. I don't know where, but in theory, (laughs) you could find one. I mean, I've only seen eight episodes, so I can't, you know, I can't speak to that yet. Yeah, like, you you know, blinking, you'll miss it, but you could probably find a straight, non-complicated pairing in 98 Trigun. Yeah, but I don't wanna. I, mean, I don't either. <laughs> There's enough straight things everywhere. I don't, like... I don't need to look for straight ships, okay? They're everywhere. I don't... Same... Uh, this is the part of the show where we do this twice now, where we say we're on Patreon. Uh, these episodes are hilariously demonetized <laughs> and <laughs> will never be monetized. So if you would like to support the show and help us keep the metaphorical and physical lights on, you can do so at patreon.com slash the hour shelf. Again, that is patreon.com slash the hour shelf. Corolla, would you like to describe the last unhinged episode we just did for our patrons? <laughs> How do you even describe what we did the last time? <laughs> it was a it was a dramatic reading. It was the it was glorious it and was. unhinged. It was Amanda has a very sexy voice Thank to make you. up for the dignity that no longer exists. <laughs> there was a disassociation. There was song. Yeah, yeah there was some song. <laughs> For singing, there was disassociation. It was beautiful. I was enjoying it. Also, I was blonde. So, you know, if you ever wanted what I look like, platinum blonde, uh, yeah. become a patron. Yeah. But yeah. Absolutely. It was, I, we say this every month, but it was truly the most unhinged episode ever. It also, you know, some nice, some nice, no pun intended, plugging for uh, a fanfic author in that in that episode. I'm almost tempted to like reach out and tell them like, "Hey, <laughs> so I did this." It's like it's like the advanced, a more advanced version of Wag and Tell. It's like we read this on our podcast. Well, there are like pod fix. Oh, which is basically just like an audible for your. Oh smut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, but I don't think that was good enough to consider it to be a pod fic because like there's no like. <laughs> production and i'm still disassociating in the background yeah and then usually we had to take some breaks had to take several breaks (laughs) you kept asking me what my color was we take we take safe words very 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 seriously on the other show we do we do but we were Uh, good it was good it was a i had so much fun it was so much fun my face was hurting so much after because i was laughing so much but patrons get all different kinds of cool stuff. We appreciate it. And now on with the show oh, in which we discuss uh, <laughs> writing BL 
yes. as some actual uh, BL writers. Now, because we are biological women, we can't just say we do something. We have to thrust forward all of our credentials in one <laughs> fell swoop. Otherwise, uh, people won't believe us. I've had this happen to me during panels where people will ask me what my credentials are for running a panel. And I would just say the convention gave me the microphone and not you. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, valid. Right, it's, like, it's like, what are your credentials to be speaking on this? Well, I put in the application. <laughs> so, or you know they invited me to speak on this or, i guess i guess i know me. what i'm talking about or i'm sleeping with the convention organizer so <laughs> or uh i also am a convention yeah. organizer. No, i but... organized the convention <laughs> oh, <laughs> and no. i'm sleeping with the other convention organizer <laughs> yeah uh, so as a bl writer uh, I started writing fan fiction when I was about 11 or 12 in uh, shockingly hetero spaces, but it was really nothing like that smutty. And it was very much like this objectively horrible villain and like some very, very tender fluff. You have, you know, you haven't changed that much. I really haven't. In some <laughs> ways. Um, I really didn't start writing BL until I was like 16, probably. Um, I was writing as male characters, but it was always straight stuff. So I don't think I wrote BL really until I was 16. And then from there, I started doing a lot of like, calling them a commission now feels disingenuous. But it was almost like a, uh, like a moonshine system where like my friends would request something. I would crank it out on notebook paper and they would pay in like pizza and single dollar bills. <laughs> the glorious life of a high school writer. Right. So like calling it a commission now feels like very disingenuous. Because they're my friends. You know, they wanted. Yeah. I don't know. It was a lot of Naruto back in the day. So it was like they wanted Kakashi and Sasuke. It's like, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but at least done by seventh period. At least you had you, you had the the what? the the foresightedness to actually get something back from them because i never did that i just cracked out things for my friends and didn't and it was like begging them to give me feedback like that was that was the only oh, only reward i got whole, no one no one gave me pizza no one sent me pizza thing and it ended up becoming like a big fiction project for me is that we almost like started like our own little like smut manga company where we're voice acting in the library, we're writing fanfic, like, we really could have been, like, our own little, like, smut house in our high school. <laughs> <laughs> so I started writing Boys Love when I was about 16 years old, and um, I have stayed in that space, both long form and short form. Um, I've done some original series. We're going to talk about some stigma with fanfic writers in, in particular. <laughs> Yes, I'm just looking. I'm just looking at the outline, wondering why the hell I haven't filled this out. But it's fine. And you told me you got it, so I yeah. So I also fine. know that this is pin Porsche related. What? No. What? <laughs> it's not. No. You know, actually, I'm not going to blame Kim Porsche because I have been incredibly busy this week. I have an event coming up that I'm working on do. Tuesday, and it is a nightmare. So. so <laughs> Um, I've also done a lot of role plays, which I really like role playing. Um, 
And I've been a part of some of the biggest uh, content sites for fan fiction, like Tumblr, like DeviantArt, um, Quizilla, Rest in Peace, a little bit of fanfiction.net. And you can still find me on AO3 and Tumblr to this day. Subscribe um, to Amanda's AO3. Do, sure. <laughs> I was going to say don't, but also do like, <laughs> there's, <laughs> but go for it, you know. I I still take a lot of pride in saying that I'm a writer, even if it means that I don't publish as regularly. Um, because I feel like half of being a writer is just saying you're a writer. Yeah. And then like never actually writing. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, like the past week or so, I've had on my Discord, like my personal status thing, trying to write outside my head. Yes. Because I can't, I can only write in my head when I'm out walking or yes. when I go to, to bed. Like I can't yes. physically write and it's driving me insane. No. So my <laughs> thing that will happen is I will be on the verge of sleep. You know, I'm, I'm like um, Ebenezer Scrooge in like a, <laughs> like a novel. I have like the cover pulled up and I have, a little, I have, my, I have my, my satin bonnet and my eye mask. And then it's like, my eyes will open. It's like porn. And yeah, I have exactly. to like rise out of bed. <laughs> I have I have a note. I actually have two notes, two separate notes. Because I tried to keep the notes separate for different different mm -hmm. uh characters, but they are all just a mess now. And I just have two different notes on my phone that are just like it's a mix between half written dialogues, like half sentences that I want to write and words mm -hmm. that I'm trying to use. And it's just chaos. And one day I will write out these ideas, but right Mood now, oh God. And oh. most of those are written when I'm outside or when I'm yeah. in bed. Yeah. Uh, also, I do have an English degree. I graduated from a university oh, yeah. with a double major in English and communications. Um, I spent a lot of time at university studying literary criticism, research methodology, and I read a lot of like poetry. And my modern approach now is very, very research heavy. And it is also um, as freeform as the days are long. I know fanfic writers that will write fanfic and I am a contaminator and I don't know what fucking clout game they're going for, but they can do it themselves. <laughs> I don't know what fucking weird ass clout game some of these writers have trying to write their smut like it's the Aeneid. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has time for that. I guess I guess someone clearly has time so, for that. So Somebody. Like, not you. Part <laughs> of it that's like, wow, that is really impressive that like you timed this character's thrusts to a song. Like that's really impressive. But also, shut up, you try hard. <laughs> the end of our live conversation. <laughs> Oh God, Carla! Would you like to tell the uh, dear listeners at home how you are an actual writer who is better than me in every way? Stop it! I am not. First of all, I would like to preface this entire thing by saying that most fanfic writers, you included, have more readers than I have as someone who is published. And when I say published, I am an indie author. Okay, so I'm self-published. It's still and publishing. I know, but I just you know. I know we're not supposed to to talk ourselves down in this episode. I just feel like 
Well, okay, so maybe we won't talk it down, but like we will both lift up. We are both good at our respective things. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, no. Okay, so credential wise, like I, um, I've always been writing like since I learned how to write and I was like when I was like seven or eight I made like these picture books and I had like a library in my room that I and my only my only customer was my best friend and I would write books for him and he would check them out and it was <laughs> it was a very cute thing um and then you know oh my god someone is in a mood if you're a listener only you're not seeing my cat attacking me in real time uh i <laughs> can handle how cute that sentence was because it was like that's horrible <laughs> i hate it it that's was actually i even like made little labels and pretended to scan them for him so there okay. was a whole that's, yeah. that's really cute that's 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 like disgustingly cute <laughs> i know it's probably the cutest i've ever been to be honest but yeah, and, and then I found out that that was actually a type of fan fiction because I was writing derivative works based on our favorite, like our favorite book series. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I discovered fan fiction when I was around 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. Like I started writing when I was 11 or 12 uh, fanfic. And because also today is Kojimusa day. It is, uh, it is the day of rocket shipping. It's Jesse and James's day. So it's very fitting because they were my venture into fanfic because I did get my start in headship, but it didn't last very long. <laughs> Same. And I feel like we're going to have to talk about that. Is yeah. That, you know, we, we did start with headships. And then something happened. <laughs> yeah, like I had one headship, and oh my god, are you seeing this? He's okay. He's, he's leaving. He's vicious. I love him. He he's very he's like spring antsy, so he's really overstimulated and gets real angry real quick. So he's fun. No, to he's, he's perfect. I yeah, you him. think so? Uh, no, <laughs> but yeah. So Team Rocket, uh, my portal into everything nerdy, including fan fiction. Um, and then I don't really know what happened because there was there were like a couple of years there where I wasn't really writing or consuming any mm -hmm. fanfic. And then I guess Naruto hit and I started <laughs> I got back into it and and that's when I started uh, writing like gay fanfic. And mm -hmm. mostly you know it was Sasunaru, it was Bleach. Um, Why was Sasunaru it for both of us? Because it is the <laughs> it is the best Wait, like, did, you, did you see that I retweeted this thing about how they, they are literally every single ship dynamic like they are all of them yeah. because that's I think that's such a big deal because you know first of all soulmates and actually canonically in love but also they fit every single like trope credential so it's really easy to use them and it was like the biggest series at the time but but I was I think I consumed more than I wrote at that point mm -hmm. and then I and then as we know I have a major hard on for uh characters and ships that no one care about so <laughs> So I was very lonely in a couple of my fandoms writing fics uh, mm -hmm. about characters from movies no one cared about. Um, because I had to, I essentially had to satisfy my own need for the, these pairings. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that's what I really, what I really... Mm -hmm like started writing like gay stuff and then somehow it branched out because it started in like 2005 
I know this was 2005. Oh, I'm aging myself. But because my friend was on exchange and while she went on exchange, she started reading. Like she hadn't been interested in reading before, uh, but she started reading while she was on exchange and I started writing her stories and sending them to her and getting Aww. feedback. And then because I needed like, and these were initially like fanfics. Mm -hmm. but then I needed like characters like background characters and then mm -hmm. these characters started taking on their own persona so in 2005 uh, Aki, Yuki, Lau and Maya were born and they became the main characters of my later novel series mm -hmm. so which again everything I do is like an accident <laughs> so in 2007 I did NaNoWriMo for the first time yep <sighs> And sometimes I wish I never jumped on that train, honestly, because we all know what happens to me in November. I turn into this gremlin. It is awful. It is horrible. You also make it sound like you haven't been that gremlin the entire time. Yeah, but it's just... <laughs> it does get a little bit worse during NaNoWriMo, it, which is awful. National Novel Writing Month to oh, yeah, those yeah. who don't participate. But like, you make it sound like you aren't that all the other months of the year. Yeah, but it's just, it's different because it's the it one is, month, is, or different. should I say the one week of the year where I'm actually productive because I am an, I am an insane human being and I can't do nano in one month like everyone See, else. I need to I do am, it faster. I've never <laughs> been able to do nano and it's almost, it's almost like, like, like the universe conspires against me. Like I'll set out to do it and then like something will happen and it's like, well, I can't yeah. do this shit right now. Yeah. No, I... I, uh, there's been a couple of years where I didn't do it, uh, mostly because my mental health was so bad during those years that I couldn't do anything. Weird. But I genuinely, generally, it is the only time of the year that I sit down and write seriously. So all mm -hmm. my novels at this point have published uh, four, no four novels, and they're all mm -hmm. nano novels. So they were all written during November, but some of them mm -hmm. were written over the course of two Novembers. But mm -hmm. this all started because in 2007, I did nano for the first time. And then um, we got this, they, they had like this prize for us when we hit the 50K, which was like, you can get, you get this code and you can get like one copy of your novel printed for free and shipped to you. Mm -hmm. And so I did that just to have it as a like as a memento for myself but then I mentioned mm -hmm. it to my friend who was uh running a bookstore and he was like oh but if you actually publish it we'll stock it and then I accidentally published a novel which <laughs> which then led to what I'm doing now so it's it's it's, yeah. so it's been like a weird it's been like a weird thing and then I've done some you know I'm I've written some things that are like online like I have an advent calendar that's on top of it's on top of us, at least. Um, so I have some online-only publications. And I am desperately trying to do this Patreon thing, but the world is working against me. <laughs> ah, so those are our credentials and what got I've us. I've also studied English literature, yes. <laughs> English major tonight. We're not good for much anything. No. Uh, <laughs> Look, at us. Yeah. Look at us. Look at us. What are we doing? Yeah. You know what, though, I'm sure that there's some teacher that I had when I was in school that's probably very, very proud of me, and that makes me sad. No, why does it make you sad? Just look at me. But you're amazing. 
Like Thank I you. have, I have, I remember um, we had like, we had to had and like we had this, these books, we had to like write our, mm-hmm. like, not essays, but like our creative writing assignments and mm-hmm. our, our writing assignments in English class when I was in school. And, and then we would have in this book and they would grade it in the book. Um, and I remember one time I dared to ask my English teacher in a footnote if she thought I could become a writer and then like an, an actual author when I grew up. And she was like, yes, I think you can, you know, with a smiley face. And that is like one of the most awkward, but also nicest memories <laughs> I have. But also the fact that this teacher uh, never gave me back that book at the end of one of the school years. So I don't even have it anymore. Oh, well. Well, she has it as a memento. If I ever become famous, she can like auction it off or something. <laughs> Do you want her to know what you're what you're doing with that inspiration? I mean, they know what I'm doing. Okay. I'm t- <laughs> <laughs> Cause I think I, that's my other big thing is like I, I do have that like not just the imposter syndrome of like feeling like I'm not a real writer. Cause like I could probably point to oh, I forgot to mention I'm also a blogger and media critic. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. so I'm a columnist and blogger. Um so, like, I can point to my blog and I don't have a lot of shame with that because <laughs> that feels like real writing. When I do, like, think pieces, that feels like mm. real writing. But for whatever reason, um, probably the misogyny, yeah. fanfic never felt real. Um, here is our first question that is not on the script. What is your go-to writing beverage? <laughs> what do you think it is? It is a Red Bull. Yeah, it's Red Bull. Ideally, it would be Dark Dog, but they don't make that anymore. But yeah, Red Bull. And lots of it. Help. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper, really? Dr. Pepper. Does that have caffeine? So much. Because, you know, because there's this weird thing. I don't know, because uh, this is a side note, but we have Mountain Dew here. Yeah. But they... But they rebranded it so the one that we have here now doesn't have caffeine anymore. So it's not it's Mountain really Dew. Really weird. Yeah, but it says Mountain Dew, but it doesn't have caffeine. So I was just like, I don't know if the Dr. Pepper they sell here actually oh. has caffeine. Because uh, apparently okay. they like to like just take it out. <laughs> I don't know. That's so weird. Yeah, I mean, I I was a kid and I um, I had Surge for the first time, and Surge is like Mountain Dew with more caffeine. Mm. Um, and I had that as a little kid, and I was, like, up all night long uh, watching <laughs> British comedies, like, just, like, Doctor Who and, like, Chef, and my parents caught me, and I was watching, um, oh, my God, was it Poltergeist, where, like, just the kids, like, in, oh in, from God. the television, and my parents are just like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, <laughs> the question is, what were they doing? You should sleeping. be having caffeine. Yeah, okay. Well, no, like, I was, okay, so, like, we were in a... We were in a hotel for a thing. I don't know why we were in a hotel. I think it was like a like a work thing for my mom. And like some of her friends were there with their kids. And like the older boys got to babysit me. I promise it sounds like a grosser setup than it is. Because like as I said it, it's like that sounds like a gross setup. Nothing gross happened. <laughs> um, I didn't think it's that. But okay. But that that's this is the world we live in. Yeah. Right. Right. It was, like, it was one of those moments where. Now. Yeah, it's one of those moments, like, I realized, like, as I was saying it, like, that sounds like a gross setup. It's not. Um, but, like, they gave me Surge. Oh, my God. So, like, I'm, like, Great sick. babysitting, though. Yeah, they're, they're, like, you know, preteens, early teens, and I'm, like, six. Oh, my God. And it's, like, here's a Surge. And I'm just, like, wee! <laughs> 
Like whatever like high pitched noise R two D two makes, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it. <laughs> oh my god! No, I didn't start. I didn't start consuming caffeine. And again, because I I still don't like coffee or anything. Like I, I only drink coffee. energy drinks. But I, I started drinking coffee. them when I was like twelve. And we would get like, cause when I don't know what it's like over there, but here it's like when you are, when you hit the eighth grade, you're allowed to go to the stores during, during lunch hour. So the stores, like the stores are usually very close to the schools. And a lot of them are now like, you're not, if you're a school kid, you're not allowed to go in between 9am and 2pm or something. Cause they they shoplift and they make a lot of noise. And I don't know, but we, we do, would always, they do what children do. Yeah, but we would so from the eighth grade, you're allowed to go to the store during during lunch hours. So we would go and like buy, you know, sweet rolls and 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 snacks and and energy drinks. And I I am so sensitive to caffeine. So I would be like vibrating and then we'd have like a 90 minute period of like Norwegian grammar or whatever. And I'm just sitting there like shaking <laughs> in my seat. So... This is why I stopped growing at 12. Okay, so here's why I stopped growing at 12. My grandfather was Air Force, and he started giving me coffee when I was a toddler. What? Like, he would let it cool down and, like, put it in my bottle. See, you were made to be a writer. Like, if you start, if you started drinking coffee as a toddler. No, it'd be like, it'd be like my grandpa, and he's drinking his coffee, and I'm, like, sitting on his lap. It's, like, 5 o'clock in the morning. We're watching oh Mass. God. We're watching the Catholic Mass on television. I'm just like chugging back, like this is insane. Like a like basically, like, you know, a, a cold brew. It's cold coffee with like 90% cream and sugar, so it's like crunchy. Oh, okay. But like, there's still coffee in it, so I'm just like, I'm 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 chewing my coffee with a fork and a knife, basically, because <laughs> it's just oh creamer God. and sugar. I lost, like, I think, I think I lost all will to ever try coffee again when I was like four because we had like these. This was the 90s, right? Yes. So we had like these, everyone had these Disney glasses, like these Disney drinking glasses with the, with, you know, Mickey Mouse and Donald yes. and everything on them. And so those were always mine. I would always drink from those. And then my mm -hmm. dad had poured some of his, like his old cold coffee over in one of these glasses to get a new cup. But mm -hmm. I thought it was Coke. So I like chugged it and it was cold coffee and I hated it so much. I never wanted to taste coffee ever again after that. I was like four. I was apparently not made nope. for the coffee A life. Massive coffee drinker. But that was, but you got to remember we are in Norway. So this was black coffee, cold black coffee. That wasn't very appealing. There was no sugar. In that thing. Yeah, that doesn't sound pleasant for children. No, it was awful. Uh, do, okay, next question. Do we have writing routines? <laughs> I think I put that in there and then I was like, why? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Yeah, no. I didn't put that there because I sure No, I put that there because I wanted to know if you had any routines because um, <laughs> so this is just us putting each other on the spot. It's it, just like, it, 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 it's like I remember I started the outline, I sent it to Corolla, and then like I looked back and like I remember typing that question, but okay. Um uh, it's just so me gaslighting you. I'm being gaslit. Um, <laughs> so I think I used to. Like when I was like regularly publishing, like publishing, tearing out fanfic from my notebook <laughs> to give it to my friends. Like, like I had a schedule. It's like, okay, you know, Nicole wanted this Zaku and Kabuto fic. 
I have to have it to her by like tomorrow at third period. Oh, you know, my main fiction series, you know, I'm in between classes right now. I can have the next chapter done by the end of this week. Or even when I was on um, Quizilla, a big thing that we did was metric based updates. So it'd be if this gets 20 comments or like 20, whatever like the engagement metric was. Mm. We would say, okay, you get an update if oh, you yeah, hit these Yeah, I metrics. remember that. I remember that. So, that you know, usually I would kind of, I mean, I say like I'm bulk writing. I'm 13. So just, <laughs> you know, feverishly typing, you know, on my word processor. You know, I would always type in a notebook or notepad mm -hmm. on the PC because if I put it in Word, Word didn't understand all the Japanese. Oh, yeah. And I got frustrated having to correct all the Japanese all the time. So I just imported everything into Notepad because Notepad didn't care. You could <laughs> no. be writing like backward satanic verses in Notepad and Notepad <laughs> wouldn't care. Um, so I definitely did have a schedule when I was younger. I think, you know, role playing was great because either you were doing it turn by turn really, really fast. Mm. Or as I got older, it's like, okay, well, this one turn is like 10,000 words. Yeah. So you'll get it sometime tomorrow. You know, <laughs> Like this one turn is anywhere between a thousand to 5,000 words. See you in a couple of hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the closest thing I got back to a schedule when I was really, really good on my blog, I was posting once every, every week. So four updates a week. Uh, when I was doing my Matt and Mello fanfic, we updated almost every week. But also, like, those chapters were pretty short. They're, like, a thousand-word chapters. Mm. So it wasn't – I don't say that to diminish how hard it is to write a thousand words. I'm just no, saying, no. like, it was easier – I'm using air quotes – to, okay, just knock out a thousand words. Just knock out a thousand mm. words. Just knock out a thousand words. And I was pretty much writing that as I was updating it. Like, there was no, like, yeah. I've bulk written ahead. It's, oh, shit, you know? <laughs> Yeah, because I think that's one of those things that scared me so much about because mm -hmm. when I used to write fanfic, I mostly wrote one shots mm -hmm. and and like, you know, porn without plot. Mo mostly mm -hmm. I did write a couple of chapter fics, but uh, they were rarely more than like four chapters, except mm -hmm. this one that was very ambitious and it's been abandoned for so many years and occasionally I still get notifications that people have subscribed to it and I'm like oh my god but I abandoned that in the worst the, yeah the, the worst time <laughs> well, the worst guilt but because yeah. I was just because I I I used to be afraid of writing longer stories but also mm -hmm. that you know writing as because I don't know what's going to happen when I write I very rarely Same. have you know an idea of where the story is going to go so so I just I would have to bulk write. I would have to, I would prefer to just have everything written out and then post mm -hmm. on a regular schedule once mm -hmm. it's all written out rather than, than trying to post as I'm writing because that is terrifying to me. And there's this part of me that like almost likes not have, not doing that as a mm -hmm. fanfic writer. Cause like I was writing, as I was writing my Matt and Mello fic, it was kind of cool to almost like be able to take audience feedback and be like, mm, yeah. oh, they really, really responded to this. Let me sprinkle a little more in here. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes you can even get ideas yeah, from that. Exactly. Like. And you mentioned something that I feel like a lot of authors don't really talk about because there's no way to talk about it without sounding like really, really mentally ill. 
which is like my characters are not me. I am not any of my characters. When I am writing them, that is them yeah, in their yeah, yeah. world. I am not God. I don't know what's going on. No, no. You enter almost like a fugue state. It's sort of like that movie uh, Ghost mm-hmm. where, you know, Patrick Swayze, you know, jumps into the body of Whoopi Goldberg and then, you know, jumps back out. It's like, what the fuck? Except yeah, in my case, it's, like- it's usually questionable blonde twinks. I was listening to I was listening to this Titanic podcast the other day because listen, I love Titanic things and I found a podcast that is just like Titanic lore. Anyway, so <laughs> okay, I've been judgmental about a lot of your choices. I think that was the most judgmental. And I was like, no. really, girl? <laughs> Titanic, like from a historical perspective, like this is an amazing podcast, okay? But the point is, like, she's covering like all kinds of things. And the episode mm-hmm. I was listening to the other day was about like all the spiritual things, you know, people who were yes. like having seances to talk yes. about. Yeah, you know. And she was talking about uh how, you know, the Victorians and the Edwardians, when they did the whole spiritual seance thing they had the automatic, automatic writing. writing yeah <laughs> that's how i write i mean they're just doing whatever and this is exactly this is how one of my novels came to be because mm-hmm. someone had to go and friggin kiss this other guy they weren't even supposed to meet and then i was like what the fuck just happened and now well, they have been in a dysfunctional non-relationship since and it's so hard to talk about because like especially it's easier to talk about like in fandom because I feel like most of us kind of see like fandom in that way. Mm. Like we are not the characters. So like my favorite question is always, um, what anime would you ever want to be in? And I'm always like myself or my OC. Mm. And they're like, what's the difference? Like, well, me, I don't want to be in any anime. I'm fat, <laughs> black, and asthmatic. I don't want to be in anything. I don't want to be in Inuyasha's forest. I don't want to be in the fascist hell that's full of metal alchemists. I don't want to be anywhere. This does not belong anywhere in anime. <laughs> now, do I have an OC that's perfect for that scenario? Yeah. Probably had them for 20 years at this point. Um, but yeah, like it's hard to explain to people that it's like, especially when you write problematic content, that yeah. it's like, sometimes it feels weird to almost say like, it's not me doing it. Because I've definitely gone to write something one way. And it ends completely differently. Oh, yeah. And I've just been like, what did I do? But you, because you <gasps> didn't. Because you didn't. I did characters, And that's the thing. Like, I generally have, like, I think we've talked about this before. I have, like, an idea. Like, mm-hmm. I have, like, a main idea. And then I mm-hmm. generally know how it's going to end. I just don't mm-hmm. know how I'm going to get there. Yes. And then the characters just take that information and they run with it. And I have no control what these idiots are yeah. going to be doing. And, and, and I- sometimes you'll be like, no, this is not... This is not what is going to happen in this chapter. What are you doing? And they're just over there, like, mm-hmm. free and ruining their lives. Yeah, like, honest, it's like, it is sometimes it feels like, um, did you ever watch, like, Gakko and Babysitters and stuff like that? Yeah, I, where, yes. Where, you know, it's like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna go take a nap. And just, like, kids, like, playing with blocks and pots and pans. Yeah. That's writing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's we're like wrangling... Yeah, it's, it's kind of like having multiple personalities, w- yeah. but also wrangling children. Right. Like, it, it does very much like, okay, we're going to do a structured activity, and all your characters are just, like, fighting each other, like, physically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's, or, it's or fucking each other. Or, uh, or both. Fighting or, both. or both. Or um, both. 
I uh, I followed this magpie who was sadly passed away. Her name was Sophie, and uh, her owner, you know, kept her in this really really big aviary. But she got to interact with other birds, and uh, one thing that they kept that he kept saying a lot was, "Are you fighting or are you flirting?" Because <laughs> like magpie stuff apparently looks very very similar. It's like, "Are you flirting? Are you fighting? Whatever it is, please stop it." Yeah, but um, this was not right. So. I think you also ended up answering this a little bit. Like, I don't think either of us really have a routine. No, I think the closest, the closest I get to having a routine, aside from really wanting, I've told myself for years, I am going to start writing a little bit every day. I never do it. (laughs) (laughs) But the closest I get is like, especially during nano, because it's like, I, because obviously then I write night and day, but like, I write the best between like 1 a.m., and 4 a.m. Mm. in the morning, which is uh, very inconvenient. And then I have like I have like a writing diet, so like the best things to to consume in order to have the energy to write is like is Red Bull, Pringles, and donuts. This is what I eat. <laughs> this is how my novels are made. Help uh, me. My writing diet is mental illness. Okay, that too. Fine. Um, techno music. And uh, usually like very, very intense feelings. Hmm. Um, I'm also definitely like, a performer. I, I like the pressure of having people watch me. But like, or like know that I'm writing. Like I mentioned a few times, like I have this muse that I used to date and like having her be like, Hey, you know, are you done? You know, I want, I want to see what you're working on. Or when I was dating my last partner, cause we used to role play together. That's actually how we met is that we were RP partners. And it turns out when you write a hundred thousand words of gay shit towards each other, sometimes you kind of end up kiss, kiss, fall in love. Um, <laughs> but you know, I liked the pressure of being watched subtly. Mm. But yeah, like I don't really have like a writing diet. But if I had to, it's it's usually chocolate, Dr. Pepper, and like very, very intense, like 150 to 180 BPM like house techno. <laughs> really? Yes. Huh. Yes. Um I did a lot of writing to applause by Lady Gaga. I'm just, just gonna pretend like I've ever heard it. Okay, but once you hear it, <laughs> you'll be like, that's that's an Amanda song. But do you um, do you have like because I have like playlists? I'll have I have for some characters I have character playlists and then I have like soundtracks for all the novels. I haven't done a character story. playlist in so no, I'm lying. My former partner and I, we did character playlists. Um I have, like, a main writing playlist. I also do, like, if I'm trying to, like, stay in theme. So, like, when I was writing Gravitation, I listened to a lot of Gravitation mm. music. Because I, yeah. like, glean information from those lyrics, which is why I still ship Yuki Eri and Yuki Kitazawa. Silently. <laughs> Doesn't judge you at all. I'm not, what? I said nothing. Because if you listen to Anti-Nostalgic, that song is clearly about Kitazawa. We we could have this discussion at another time, isn't it? But then, isn't anti nostalgic? Isn't that Shuichi's song? It's the song that Ari wrote with him in mind for the OVA. 
No, that's Shining Collection. That is Shining Collection. Anti-nostalgia gives one of Suichi's. You're right. Yeah. Either way, it's a Kitazawa thing, and don't make me answer that question further. Uh, (laughs) And then all of Ryuichi's songs are just, I want to fuck Suichi. Even before like Suichi was born, because Ryuichi's in his forties. So (laughs) I feel like I feel like Suichi would be absolutely okay with that. Like like his idol has been wanting to meet him since before he was born. Like, yeah, that makes sense to him. Oh, now it's gross. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh it's bad now. <laughs> no. Um and, and then sometimes I get like I'll get like someone like like my girlfriend will come in while I'm listening to my writing music and it yes. will be like a character's music and I will get super defensive because it will be like some horrible music that I would never listen to, but I need it for the story. And I'm like, don't judge me. This is Inari's playlist. Okay. This is me. <laughs> I also sometimes Very- like I'll listen to a song and it's like, I really want to write a scene inspired mm. by or to yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So like there's a song by um Yell Nate called um, OMG. Mm-hmm. And I, I was driving home when I went back to Dallas Fort Worth for uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I really want to write an overdose to this. Mm. Because it felt like, like, but to like the BPMs and everything, it's like, this feels like so oppressive. Mm. And it's like, I really want to write an overdose, like a drug overdose. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. And like, sometimes you just have those moments. I will say this. I'm usually not super gatekeepery about like being a writer and the writer experience. But I think the thing about being a writer, and this is something that I've learned, is that we are fundamentally so fucked up. but like no not everyone can do it just like by nature of like we're broken horrible people like especially for bl like (laughs) we're not good people like we're something's wrong with (laughs) like like, affectionately like something's wrong i just want to i just want to put a disclaimer on that like put a little pin in it and be like that is not that is not you know, a nod of approval to you antis out there who think that no. all BL people are horrible fetishes. fetishes no, things. not at all. No. But it's like, I was thinking but- about it. And it's like, you can definitely tell, like, it's so weird gatekeeping art. Hmm. Because part of you always wants to be like, art is subjective. You know, as long as someone's being creative, it's fine. But then there are things that are just not good. <laughs> And, yeah, like, you can definitely tell there's, like, a soullessness sometimes when you read queer romance written by someone who is maybe not as in-group as someone else. And it's like, yeah, we're we're fucking weird. We're really weird. (laughs) Like, yeah, like, I, oh, my God, the writing music I listen to is insane. Like, the characters that I make are insane. Like, all of them are crazy. Yeah. And it's it's great. It's it's amazing. It's it's one of the most interesting things that I do. But like you can't bottle that. You can't. I mean, there. So in America right now, we have a writers guild strike. Yes, uh, where I've a lot of the it. writers are um, striking for better uh, access to pay and unionizing. And one woman sign said, um, "AI can't fake childhood trauma." Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I think I retweeted that actually. And it's like that's it. Like that's, like that's, <laughs> that's all of us did no. it like that's the sign because everyone's like oh just you know write secession with ai and it's like yeah but it's not going to be the same you need that one fucked up girl 
who hasn't said anything in the writer's room who's just like eating cigarettes. <laughs> you need her because she's the one that has the zinger. Yeah. I don't necessarily think all authors have like trauma or whatever, but I definitely think that all no. authors are weird and have yes. like these and it's like and it's and it's this thing that only other authors understand because i remember there was a couple of years ago there was like um there's this one norwegian author she's she's well known for not only her good novels but because mm -hmm. she is incredibly outspoken and mm -hmm. and is at war with with the one tram we have in the city. Uh, she's from mm -hmm. here, so she's. But she's very she's very famous for all of these things. And she um, she was interviewed because she recently she had recently moved from her house to an apartment, and she had mm -hmm. like the newspaper. They came over to visit her in the new apartment to talk about her new book, and she talked about how one of her characters, who is um, he's a gay man who mm -hmm. who. Uh, makes like storefront windows and he mm -hmm. decorates like storefront windows so he's like he's got that decor decorative gene so she was mm -hmm. like yeah he helped me decorate the apartment and literally everyone was like this woman is insane but i'm mm -hmm. over here like no that is a very author thing that is true i have objects in my home that my characters have picked out like i have this yeah, snow globe that i bring out each christmas which is like aki snow glo globe because he picked it out because it's right. And that's well, normal and for also, us, but everyone else is like... There's this thing in a BoJack Horseman where Diane is a writer, and like I always really related to her character, because one thing she does is she also had a lot of childhood trauma, and she tries to parlay that into a writing career. And she wants to write like her like next big, great American novel. She wants to make a serious writer. Hmm. And what she ends up doing, and I guess spoiler for BoJack Horseman, uh, <laughs> she ends up writing like almost like not quite YA, but like middle school novels mm. where it's like, it's about like this like plucky, like girl detective. And it's like fun. And, you know, she has like this crisis of faith about it. It's like, no, I need to show that my damage is the good damage mm. that can make art that makes serious art. Mm. And like, yeah, it's that it's, I don't think that you have to be messed up to make art. But I think there's a very specific kind of art made by very messed up yeah, people. Yeah. That makes now, sense. is that an excuse to be a garbage person? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> because we, if you're in any space that has a lot of older artists, like painters or writers, you are grappling with the idea that everyone was terrible all the time. So the the softball lobbed at that most of the time is oh well they were mentally ill or were they oh they were a genius oh blah 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 blah, blah. i love the work that frida Kahlo made as a as a painter mm. i hate what she had to go through to get there yeah end of sentence uh next question that is not in the script oh god okay <laughs> like fuck this script see this this episode is a perfect example of how we write because it's just like there's an outline throws it out the window well no and i think i think for me it was more of i started this outline and then i realized like as like as we were talking at the top of the show i was like there's a lot of things that i i know you have that little inhaler for your sinuses but every time it does remind me of like those little like cocaine sniffer boxes <laughs> that people used to use during the victorian era and it's like Wait. that is so that is so writer of you just like casually just <laughs> no i 
I this I know what it is. I went for a walk and I met my friend and her two dogs, and now mm. I am suffering. But I got all the cuddles. Oh, so I'm very happy. They are literally like little clouds on legs, and I love <laughs> them. But I am dead. I have died. I but, was um, trying to be subtle about it. No, I I, ha- I have severe ADHD. I <laughs> I'm an only child with severe ADHD. I'm like an owl. I just notice everything. Uh, but I want to take a moment to talk about fanfic versus fiction. Okay. Uh, because for many many years, there has been this like line in the sand. That there's real writers and fanfic writers. In the same way that there's a line in the sand of there's artists and there's fan artists. I hate that. I hate it too. Now, at least for art, unless you went to like a school for art, most people can look at fan art and still be like some skill went into this. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not made by AI, because fuck AI. Um <laughs> It doesn't count. It doesn't That's count. Fan art. But like, you could still be like, okay, like, yeah, this isn't, you know, a Rembrandt painting, but this like blown out image of, you know, Ryuichi Sakura, of Ryuichi Sakuma's ass is great. Like, it's good. It's still really good, you know. But for whatever reason, we decided that fanfic authors especially are lesser than other authors i hate that so much and i guarantee you if you've listened to the show long enough you've heard me say that a lot because that was something that i always internalized is that fanfic authors are lesser um and i'm very very happy to have corolla who's willing to tell me to stop frequently yes because it's horseshit yeah it's horseshit. But I mean, it's, but it's yes. also, but it, it's also a thing that I think so many of us internalized because one of the reasons mm-hmm. I stopped writing fanfic mm-hmm. was because I was going the publishing route and I mm-hmm. didn't want to basically because this was, you know, years and years ago. Like this was over mm-hmm. ten years ago. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and mm-hmm. and back then it was invalidating. It was it like was. if your background was fanfic, you mm-hmm. wouldn't be taken seriously. So I had to cut those ties, or at least I felt mm-hmm. like I had to cut mm-hmm. those ties. Um, and now I don't know. Maybe I have. Maybe I don't know. My perspective might be skewed, but I feel like it's not that mm-hmm. harsh anymore. I feel like fanfic has become, in in a lot of ways, better understood. I think yes and no. Yeah. Well, I think because I'm still in it, I get to see the best of both worlds, yeah. just like Hannah Montana. Um, <laughs> yes. No, it's fine. Yes. I, uh, I can hear the dog in my head. Uh, I hated Hannah Montana. Yeah, my sister was a big fan. I hated it, too. But, and it um, was dubbed. You don't understand. It was dubbed in Norwegian. It was awful. Okay, but Norwegian Hannah Montana sounds amazing to me. Uh, so here's the thing. I think for every step that fanfic writers took towards acceptance, something happens and we are sent back a few steps. Things like Fifty Shades of Grey that really brought fanfic into the public lexicon. Yeah. Um, 
the Omegaverse lawsuit. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like for every step that, and as much as I hate Tumblr, Tumblr was big on saying that regardless of how you create, you are creating. Yeah. For better or worse, we'll be honest. Because DeviantArt, I think most of the writers on DeviantArt knew we weren't good. That's why I was on DeviantArt. <laughs> yeah. Like, you were there because it was porny or, like, not high quality. Like, we all knew why we were there. Um, but Tumblr really was big on, look, you're already doing what other people sometimes aren't brave enough to do. So take your credit where it's mm. due. But I think for every step that fanfic authors have taken, um, there is something like the Omegaverse lawsuit. There is something like, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey that takes us a step back. And I will admit that there is this, like, really reductive conversation about, like, well, why don't you just write original things? Yeah. And uh, I'll say this. I studied English literature. Everything is derivative of something. Yep. So do I think that I'm any less of an author because I haven't written a ton of original works? No. I just think I'm a different kind of author. Yeah. Now, am I going to go publish my Matt Mello fic and say, <laughs> and like change some settings and publish this as a wholly original work? No. I'm not going to do that. But I'm also not going to discredit the work I put mm. in for that. So there's no, a meme okay. that I shared in um, our Discord, the Alley Shelf Discord, that it was a, uh, when reading fanfic, keep in mind that for, that for professional literature, a short story is under 7,500 words. A novelette is between 7,500 and 17,500. A novella, 17,500 and 40,000 words. And a novel's over 40,000. Fix mm. over 40K are literally a novel yeah. shared for free. If you've written a 40K plus novel fic, you are li you've literally written a novel. Yes. And that was freeing to me. Mm. Because while I can definitely say that what Corolla and I do are different, I don't think that my work <clears throat> is lesser in comparison to hers. No. It's different. It's different. And, but, you know, and coming from the other side, and I, I've said this a lot uh, mm -hmm. because I haven't written fic in a million years. <laughs> and, and, I have so much admiration for fanfic authors because, you know, first of all, I mean, again, which is why I am so c constantly, you know, drumming up the whole, please, please thank your, your fanfic authors. Please leave comments because, because they are out there, you know, writing in their free time where little free time they have, uh, writing and posting and publishing for free and thinking up like even if even if the like the main premise you know the ca characters are pre-made mm -hmm. they're still out there writing like whole ass novels like hashing mm -hmm. out these plots and you have all of these you know whether it's whether it's au or or just canon divergent like they are making mm -hmm. original stories with characters that already exist but they're still putting in the work and putting it out there and so many writers have their start in fanfic and learn how to 
use the language and how to construct a larger plot just writing fanfic so you know it's and 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 even if you don't go into original like again it's not a lesser it's not a lesser thing it is i mean i have again i have so much admiration like fanfic fanfic authors are amazing Mm-hmm. And there are so many, like, do you ever just, like, read fanfic and it's like, this person is so good at writing? Like, it's just mind-boggling all, all how good people are? All time. And it's, yeah. it's weird because, like, I don't read a lot of, like, fiction fiction because it tends to be really, like, tropey. It really tends to have, like, a lot of just, like, gross cliches that I don't like. They tend to be really, really predatory towards women. So, like, I don't read a lot of, like, fiction in like real life i will read fan fiction though yeah because it's just it's built different because like i have this like weird dichotomy like the kind of books that i like reading in real life are obscura so it's like take one concept whittle it down as far as you can and then make it 500 pages (laughs) so like here are some of the books that I have on my Amazon wish list of books that I want that are not at all um, being solicited because we both have birthdays in July. Um, yes, we do. Techno Orientalism, Imagining Asia in Speculative Fiction, History, and Media. Selling God, American Religion in the Marketplace of Culture. Acres of Skin, Human Experiments at Holmesburg Prison. <laughs> The Delectable Negro, Human Consumption and Homoeroticism Within U.S. Slave Culture. These are nonfiction, right? Yeah. Or are they? Yeah. These are all, so, like, that's the kind of book I read for fun. And then I go read fanfic of, like, two mass murderers <laughs> having a pancake breakfast and kissing each yeah. other's foreheads. Um, but, yeah, like, there's – it's great being able now to see other writers as equals – but you know, just like with our ships in the in the days of old, we're just on two different kinds of boat. Yeah, but we're both on a boat. Yeah, and and the thing <gasps> is, which I which I think is is incredibly liberating, is that I feel like it's 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 become more it's become more open in the sense that people feel freer to do both now. Yeah, that you can in fact be like I have seen, you know actually air quotes uh Mm -hmm. published authors be out there like oh i also write fanfic over Mm -hmm. here like that is so liberating because it's not lesser than because we're all fans of something like i think that is so cool and then you have like authors you know who are out there encouraging people to write fic of their own of their stuff and like actually going in and reading it i think Mm -hmm. i mean i i've only been on the receiving end once but it was amazing like the fact that someone actually took the time to write about my characters i also felt a little weird about it because i was like my 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 children (laughs) but it it was but it's such an honor because it means that someone loves them yeah i remember it happening once when i was in um high school i think it was uh someone was reading my long-term oc uh, fiction series and she said like oh yeah like this helped like me and my boyfriend like have sex and I'm like please don't have sex in front of my children <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're fictional characters and like I think they were they were definitely probably doing something smutty but it was like please don't have sex in front of my yeah. children 
It goes back to like that wink and tell thing that like it's either like very, very, <laughs> very flattering or horrifying. And also disclaimer, I don't actually see any of my characters as my children because I don't have a motherly bone in my body. I don't but see I them. created them. They're 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 close to me, but I don't necessarily see them as my kids. I think that- most of them I don't really see them as my children, but like it is sort of like at that point like being told like oh yeah i want to fuck your brother it's like (laughs) okay maybe don't tell me that you know (laughs) i I don't need to no i don't need to know that no right like like yeah i definitely i I would not feel comfortable saying like they're my children in any way no but like it is sort of like oh by the way i really 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 want to fuck your brother (laughs) i could have gone my whole life without knowing that uh corolla yeah. Why did we choose writing BL over all the other things we could have chosen to write? We could be writing het romance. We could be we could be writing we could be writing stories about homo not homoerotic, but like erotic <laughs> Bigfoot stories. We could be writing erotic Bigfoot stories. Why why why, why can't you have both? Okay, so I actually feel really, really uncomfortable with stories like that because to me it's a consent problem because Bigfoot is still an animal. <laughs> Even if he's like preternatural or supernatural, he's still a creature. And I don't know if Bigfoot can consent. Yeah, I mean, fair. And that upsets me because like there's a <laughs> lot of stories where it's like, oh, and the Bigfoot took this woman and it's like, it's Bigfoot. <laughs> like what is new new what new is... design coming to the shop soon? Bigfoot can't consent. He can't. No, I, but I know what you're I saying. I get it. I don't think Bigfoot. I don't think the Flatwoods monster can cons- I don't think Mothman can consent. <laughs> I, I we have. To, I there's a communication barrier there. Oh, I get. I get well, it. Fair. These are the things that I worry about because it's like I don't think Bigfoot can consent. Like if you're just like frolicking around, so like oh, this is like the myth of consensual sex. Don't fuck in the woods. What if Bigfoot's a minor? Oh my god! Don't. <laughs> He's a minor who's been around for two thousand years. But actually, we don't know when Bigfoot Bigfoot's big feet. There's multiple of age. When do they come of age? We don't know that. What is the adult age of a Bigfoot? Okay, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda and Corolla become cryptozoologists. Oh my god. Now we're who trying does- to figure out who can consent. Who doesn't love a good Bigfoot conspiracy pod, honestly? Okay, so here's my Bigfoot conspiracy. I okay. think Bigfoot did really exist. I think it was an extant, non-human primate, likely Gigantopithecus. But I think any claim made after the Patterson-Gimlin film is absolute horseshit. (laughs) So any claim that isn't, like, in that, like, northwest, like, rainforest belt from, like, Canada to Oregon, bullshit. If you're like, I live in Detroit and I saw Bigfoot (laughs) down at the Wawa, that's not Bigfoot. There aren't even any people in detroit right anymore yes there are oh okay what about i I thought i thought detroit was like going going completely under what fictional detroit are you talking about 
I thought no. I felt like it was becoming a ghost town. Okay, fine. It's just that I keep seeing people writing about how Detroit is becoming a ghost town. Oh, I mean, yeah, people are leaving. It was well over a million in 1990. It's down, but people still live there. <laughs> but like, yeah, if it's like, oh yeah, I saw Bigfoot. He was down at the Wawa <laughs> getting a chopped beef sandwich. That's not Bigfoot. So like, <laughs> I don't know what? who you're talking about. Big, but that's Bigfoot, different. Bigfoot can't shop at Walmart like everyone else. Okay, if I saw Bigfoot at a Walmart, <laughs> I'd have a great time. But like, yeah, you know, why did we choose BL? And I think this is something that we covered a little bit in the Fujin Pipeline episode where, yeah. you know, um, at least for me, it ended up being pretty gender affirming. But like, I felt like a part of me like locked into place. Yeah. When I started writing as a male, specifically writing as Yuki Airy, it's like, oh, yes, there's the other part of my personality. Yeah. Uh, take with that what you will with that information, knowing everything about me. <laughs> uh and there's also probably some extant uh misogyny that comes in yeah. with that as well because corolla i'm sure you can back me up on this uh how were women written in most uh het ships uh terribly yeah it's you know from the from the we were bottle fed damsels in distress to uh mm. to victims of you know assaults to mm -hmm. you know eye candy the i i don't necessarily always agree with the bechdel test but you know that's the thing like a whole mm -hmm. there's a whole like women as side characters as mm -hmm. lesser than characters as mm -hmm. lacking in agency Mm -hmm. uh and and this you know this goes back i've talked about it a lot when i talk about the history of bl but it also goes to you know just looking at literary history as a whole Absolutely. women authors writing under male pseudonyms and yes. or writing male characters because yes. they get to have agency whereas women don't absolutely and i think that there's something to be said about um the fact that a lot of female or female ascribed at birth writers writing male characters and feeling a certain kind of strength. Um, there's also something to be said about, and I'm going to be really, really careful with my wording here because as a person of color, I know that in the wrong hands, this argument can be used in bad faith. I think that there is some room for the stories we inhabit not necessarily always being just ours because there is no monolithic story. So like for me as an African-American person in the U S a lot of the stories that are geared towards black people don't necessarily line up with how I was raised in the society that I was raised in and how my family is. We were not an inner city urban family. We were suburban. We were upper middle class. I went to private school. You know, I was raised Catholic, not Baptist, you know. So most, you know, quote unquote, urban fantasy, you know, inner city, you know, stories aimed at black children that didn't fit my narrative. Hmm. Um, I think there's also something to be said, you know, about that shame that females have around sex and sexuality 
and how freeing it is to write in a male voice and a male tone and to be able to express those things freely and openly because yeah like if you if i wrote a female character the same way that i write some of my down bad hoes <laughs> that character would be mocked and made fun of there's a the take video about method acting mm, yeah yeah and yeah. like well, there's a bunch of women that still do the method but like if any of them were doing like what jared leto was doing during suicide squad like they'd be in jail yeah like if anne hathaway was like sending like used condoms and rats and shit during like Les Mis she'd be like they'd lock her up like she'd be in prison <laughs> so you know there was the freeing aspect of it being BL um to go back to being a fanfic writer there's also like a weird sort of like I'm not gonna say it removes the pressure because it adds another kind of pressure but like sometimes coming up with like purely original things is hard so it's nice to like have a sandbox yeah and then build whatever weird fucked up castle i want yeah and i, I have several weird fucked up castles i would like to visit i'm planning to visit your fucked up castles yeah you're gonna visit the most fucked up one i've been trying to lube you up with the one that i think you'll actually really like and you're trying to dive straight into <laughs> the one that you know is gonna make you angry I like to live dangerously. Well, at uh, least I'm not going to freaking flame you for it. I wish you would. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave two comments. I'm going to yeah, leave a good one, leave. and then I'm going to give you a good old-fashioned flame. Oh okay. my god, I, uh, I've been waiting for this moment my entire life. Um, I've, I'm older. I'm wiser. Uh, <laughs> According to AO3, out of the 11 works I have published, I have written over 65,000 words. And that makes me happy. I am yeah. proud of that number. Um, Gorilla, do you have anything you'd like to add about why uh, you chose the BL life? I mean, I honestly didn't choose it. Uh, the BL life chose me. Mood. Seriously. Like, I just, I just, it just happened. I've talked about this before. I definitely mm -hmm. touched on it in the Fujin Pipeline episode because mm -hmm. I, I always, and again, like, like, just like you said, a lot of this goes back to um, poorly written female characters and lack yes. of agency and misogyny. But yes. ever since I was a kid, I always, uh, I always saw myself in male characters. I Same. always identified with male characters. When I was playing with my friends, I was always a boy. Mm -hmm. So I've never I've never been in touch with female characters. Mm -hmm. I think even when I was writing Team Rocket fanfic, they were mostly from James's point of view because I right. don't know how to write women. And right. and I think that I mean it I don't like I don't have, and I said this as well when I did the, uh, a few years ago when I was on that panel with uh, Michi and Fujoshi things, when we were mm -hmm. talking about uh, Fujo is not a four letter word and how I don't necessarily have like a big, deep, like reason for why I enjoy BL and why I write BL. I think it's fun. And I think it's, it's what comes easier to me because I've always identified with male characters and mm -hmm. it was so liberating when I realized that I can write BL like this is the because like when I realized that this this genre that is what I'm consuming in you know mm -hmm. my manga choices in 
um, in in the fanfics I'm reading, I can mm-hmm. actually write that. No one's standing in the way from of me exploring these stories. For me, it's about mm-hmm. writing characters that come to me and telling the stories that that are inside of them or the stories that they are going through, and they mm-hmm. just all kind of happen to be male because that's just that's just what comes natural to me i don't right i don't like i don't really have like a big reason i suppose a lot of it again is rooted in how i didn't have any good female Mm -hmm. like characters that i could identify with growing up but also just Mm -hmm. because it's just that's just the kind of character that speaks to me and i think that especially when you do fanfic like the reason you're writing fanfic a lot of the time is because you know you want to explore that character. You want to explore the dynamic between yeah. those characters. And so yeah. there's something with that relationship or those characters that speak to you, regardless of the gender of that character or how you interpret the gender Absolutely. of that character. Absolutely. And um, I've mentioned this a couple of times, you know, I have this writing manifesto that I promise I dig up out of its cold dead grave. <laughs> and uh, one of the first lines of it is I write for revenge. And mm a lot of the time that I end up writing, you know, these male characters is almost like a radical act of like misandrist based, like radical feminism of like, this is the only way that I could express myself. This is society's fault. You know, that like the only way that I felt like I, the only characters that I could model were male characters yeah. for better or worse. Cause I don't think that's inherently negative inherently but i think it's telling that more than one person has said that and we (laughs) tend to point in similar directions when we say it Mm. so there are some people that you know can watch sojo and feel very very represented and feel like yep that's me i am that girl and then there's others of us that can't do that so while it's easy for me to say i don't think that it's just as simple that i chose bl um it also feels really really disingenuous to acknowledge that like if i hadn't found bl do i know that like this would have sprouted organically Mm. and i don't have an answer to that um i probably would have just kept writing as men in like straight relationships but like all the women that i write are basically women written by men so they're great yeah you know yeah, so, they, and- so they feel differently they read differently mm-hmm. and i don't like i don't i knew i always knew that i wanted to write and like ever like ever since i can remember i wanted to be a writer like i wanted to write books when i grew up but i was just mm-hmm. i didn't i i didn't find my voice until i started writing bl and it's just mm-hmm. these characters i'm not saying that i'll never write like a female protagonist you know mm-hmm. i'm just and I have female characters that I care about and who are like, you know, good people. Uh, not necessarily good people, but they are, you know, they they have agency, they have personalities, yeah. they, but they are supporting characters because I write BL, so naturally they are not the main character. That's Absolutely. just how it goes. And- but like, I just, I don't know, I just want to write these characters and 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 tell their stories and tell the stories that I would like to read. Mm-hmm uh even though i have no control over what these stories will be this is a very strange conundrum i feel because like the stories i want to read except i don't know how they're going to end because my my boys are just running with it but but yeah right. i just 
I I don't know what I would have written if it wasn't for BL because it's so ingrained in who I am. Right. No, it's interesting to think about because, yeah, I do kind of wonder sometimes if I would have ever, like, entered that realm necessarily organically. Because, yeah, we can both say that, like, our intro was Sasunaru because it was everywhere. Um, (laughs) But actually... Yes. I mean, my, my first ship, I didn't know I was shipping them, but you know, I there was something like I was watching, I was watching Beyblade and I was shipping Kai and Ray without realizing it until like years later because they are pretty. They're pretty. See, I really didn't do gay ships until much, much later because I was a rampant hormone monster being raised <laughs> in a repressive Catholic household. So, like, I just wanted to fuck the characters. I didn't need them to go kiss a boy. Yeah, but see, that's... I, I wanted to I wanted to say that also when you mentioned the shoujo bit about how some people yeah. can... Because I can, you know, I can I can see myself or in, or aspects of myself in, in, in characters. Absolutely. You know, whether it's shoujo or shonen or whatever. Correct. But, but also, like we've already established, my characters aren't me. Like, I, no. I write based on experiences that I know or things that I want to explore, uh-huh. but my characters do not equal me. Uh-huh. So they're not self-inserts. No, I, and no. I don't self-insert when I watch or read other things either. I just, sometimes there are things you can recognize because it's yeah. similar to what you've been through. It doesn't mean that you right. 100% identify with the character. So the experience yeah. is more important to me than the gender. But I just happen to yeah. prefer writing boys. <laughs> no, that ended up happening to me. Because like I, I started this, like, I've talked about this a million times. It'll probably never see the light of day. Because, like, I started writing it when I was in high school. But I wrote this, like, really, really long gravitation fic. Mm. And it started with the main character being really just like a gender swapped version of me. But as I kept writing it, um, it's interesting to see him become less and less me and more and more his own character, making decisions that he would make, making choices that I wouldn't necessarily agree with and how his story changed and became something... I use it almost like a litmus test if you can tell when I got good. (laughs) Because you can tell the parts of it that were written when I was like 15 and 16, just like feverishly jerking off into the keys, just trying to get something out because I wanted to fuck (laughs) you, Gary. You know, but then you can see it change and like you can see how characterization changed. You can see how even talking about that character Mm. changed, how he went from being a very, very poorly reskinned me to being his own individual yeah, person. Yeah. To where, yeah, like if I met him on the street, we probably wouldn't get along. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of that's maturity. I think a lot of that's coming into my own and understanding. Um, I hate making it a self-esteem issue, but I think a lot of it also is that, you know, it's really, really easy to self-insert. You feel like you're trash and unattractive. Um there was a meme that I remember seeing. It's like women like vampires because they like um, imagining a world where they are the sole um, object of someone's desire. They feel that way about villains as well. Mm-hmm. That like a hero will save you out of obligation. A villain will save you out of desire. Oh, yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like, so a hero is saving you because he has to, right? Yeah. A villain is saving you because you're his. <laughs> yeah that's good yeah and that's hot <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> um 
so yeah, like a lot of it is like the the horny musings of an insecure, you know, fifteen year old is like, I'm gonna die alone. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever love me but this fictional man. <laughs> but honestly, oh though, sometimes you just need a fictional man. Do you think that Eric, the Phantom of the Opera, wrote fan fiction? Do you think he was like writing like Christine fanfic? Of course. What do we you think? He had a lot of time on his hands. So much time on his hands. <laughs> it's also really sad because, like, I can't imagine like any of like my like theater favorite phantoms, like Ramin Karamlu. Whenever I talk about Eric, it's always Gerard Butler. Even though I would love it to be the Charles Dance version where he punches out a fake deer. What? Clearly, I need I need more Phantom of the Opera. Charles Dance, and I love Charles Dance. He plays Tywin Lannister. In uh, Game of Thrones. And if you look at my Tumblr, I actually have a picture of him and it says Senpai in bubble letters. <laughs> I want to fuck that old man. <laughs> but it's like, it's like hot young Charles dance. And he's in this like forest scene. And it's clearly like one of those like prop deer that you set up to attract more deer so you can shoot them. And he just like punches it. And because it's like a horrible prop, it just like falls apart. Like it just falls over. And it's like the saddest, funniest thing. Oh, no. Also, there's Phantom of the Mall. Of course there is. Where Eric uh, isn't a sensitive piano player, uh, but he was on the uh, wrestling team. And it's a mall that's getting bulldozed by uh, real estate developers because it's the 80s. And instead of using a Punjab lasso, he roundhouse kicks. And instead of writing music, he bench presses. <laughs> Somehow less dramatic than the whole playing in the no, dark with the back turn. Like the, it's like the guy, Eric, like he has like his house burned down because the real estate developers want to buy out his house so they can build a mall. So they burn his house down. Because it's the 80s. Um, and he doesn't die. He like fakes his death and he like becomes like the phantom of the mall. So like the Christine wakes up and she's in like, this like dirty like rat's nest and like the ducks of the mall. And he's just like pumping iron. And it's like this it's Phantom of the Mall is the funniest thing. I'm just trying to imagine him like pumping iron while grunting out the tune. <laughs> like the There's phantom no, of the no songs okay. in Phantom of the Mall. Except for like 80s soundtrack music. Okay. Okay. What are some challenges we face writing BL? This is going to be our longest episode. Yeah. Well, that's what they get. We should probably do like a part two at some point. I feel like there's a lot more we can cover. That's what Patreon but... is for. Yeah, that's true. What are some of the challenges? I I think for me, honestly, the one that I still struggle with every once in a while is anatomy. Mm. Um. I don't have those parts. Yeah. And any instances that I have been in contact with those parts, they are not attached to me naturally. Yeah. So I can make some guesstimations, but every once in a while, I'll still treat it like, female reproductive parts in like in like the subtle dumb ways like refractory periods and stuff like that mm. like i've never written it like that like i'm not that bad 
not <laughs> more at least because I de- oh my god if I had to go back and read the smut I was writing before I even knew what a dick was oh my god just throwing hot dogs down hallway <laughs> no preamble oh my god but like yeah every once in a while I still do trip up a little bit that it's like oh wow they sure have been having sex for 45 minutes yeah <laughs> I, I gen, gen, generally give myself like some free reign there because I, mm-hmm. I'm like, I am writing like, okay, it depends on what it is. But if I'm writing like a sex scene like that, it is generally meant for one purpose only, which is to be porn. Yes. And porn isn't supposed to be realistic. Yes. And it's like, I will keep that within, obviously without, you know, within the reins of we are not there are no self-lubricating holes you know it's not like that but it's just like if i want them to fucking marathon for however long i will let them because this is supposed to be a fantasy like it's it's fine Uh, that's not like my biggest hang-up my anatomy problem we've discussed this is you know when when you get all which limb is where what is going on i don't know it's all so i mentioned this in our uh, writers chat in discord my big thing is so a lot of my writing really was rooted in role play and it was like open chat role play and it was specifically like that t9 kind of open chat role play where like every action you have to close it's like if you open a door you close that door if you leave that door open something can come in if you put something down you have to connect it to an item otherwise things are just floating out in the air so because of that Every yaoi room I've ended up making has, like, the same setup. Because I know I have to get to the part where there's bed and lubrication. And I don't know where else to hide lube. Because I got really tired of the stories where it's like, oh, it's behind the pillow. And it's like, (laughs) why are you sleeping with it? Why is the astroglide behind the... What? Where are you hiding... Yes. This is where my this is where what I call my jaded boys, which are the boys in the jaded love addict universe, because mm-hmm. they all work in this horrible CD nightclub, and all of them are just having a uh, half like semi public, uh, yeah, semi public sex or like mm-hmm. whatever at all times. So in this, like they have lube everywhere. It's like in all the stalls, it's like hidden in the toilet paper holders, like everything, because everyone's a slut and I love them for it. Like, so they're like, they are always prepared. These boys are always prepared. And then, you know, you have the, you have the one, you know, you just slip in a, like a sentence about how he's still slick because they did it earlier that day. I'm like, it's fine. That's not how that works. <laughs> it's porn, Amanda. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I would like I would like to to make a statement that I write more than just porn. Uh, my boys are also suffering a lot. Uh, there's no sex in change of heart, which is like there is not any. Who am I anymore? Uh, yeah, like I think like that's my big anatomy thing, mm-hmm. and then also like yeah, like I do definitely realize that like I have set up every room the exact same because it's like you have to hide the lube somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's not. You're not magic. You aren't like Aussie lubricant. Like you're not, <laughs> <laughs> unless you are. Unless, unless you are. Unless you are. Uh, I have this weird thing which is yes. like, I know the layout of all of their like apartments and their houses and everything, yes. but particularly 
the love addict apartment like Mia and Miura's apartment I know exactly what it looks like mm-hmm. except in certain scenes I've written where I like it, it isn't described any differently it's just that in mm-hmm. certain scenes I suddenly imagine it completely differently and I'm like why does this apartment not look like that in this particular scene it's all in my mm-hmm. head like no one it's- can take me on this but I'm just like what the fuck that couch is not there like Right. Where did this sofa come from? It's what is so happening? Weird. Yeah, it's weird. Um, so yeah, like anatomy and then sometimes like layout spaces. And that's not like a BL specific issue. Like I have that everywhere. But like ana- anatomy does still get me every once in a while where it's like, what is refractory period? Like what <laughs> how do also so understanding the full anatomy i'm gonna try to be super super vulgar with this um most bl focuses heavily on like shaft and shaft like things (laughs) but there's more to the anatomy than that yeah so it's also like not shunning that and acknowledging that like what we think is sexy because of a trope is usually like the least sexy thing. So yeah, yeah. there is nothing quite like the radical shift from me writing sex when I'd clearly never seen a penis before <laughs> to me writing sex after I became a whore. Um, after you became a whore, yeah. you're like I'm not going to be vulgar, but also. <laughs> <laughs> After after I gave up some of that purity stuff and uh, mm. stopped and uh, and just finally gave in and was a whore. Um, speaking of whores, did you watch the coronation? No, I I was I thought I would because I've never seen a coronation. So mm-hmm. you know I care fuck all about Charles. Like honestly, mm-hmm. but i i really like like ceremony things Mm -hmm. and they were showing the whole thing live but Mm -hmm. i was busy and i was out Mm -hmm. most of the day so i'm gonna try to catch like the recordings and see at least some of it because i think it's fascinating so two things one there's been two charles's before charles yes neither of those charles's ended well no I mean, he had an option to not take Charles. Oh, yeah, right. He had an option. He didn't have to take Charles III. I mean, but it, I guess he's 72 years old. He's been Charles his entire life. I guess it was. But the Charles before him was beheaded. <laughs> yeah. Two. There is. So I took Latin for like 10 years. Uh, there is a, uh, refrain, a canto for, uh, the king and queen as they approach. And it's Viva Regina, uh, Camilla, you know, long live mm. Queen Camilla. But the, between the British accent and so there's two types of Latin. There's, uh, classical, which is Roman. There's, uh, vulgar, which is more common and then there's ecclesiastical uh basically classical your v's or w's and then in vulgar and in ecclesiastic and ecclesial 
the V's or V's. So between the English accent and ecclesial and vulgar Latin, vivat Regina Camilla ends up being vivat Regina Camilla. Oh dear. And some of the translations of that, of what people are hearing, usually involves like wide back vagina Camilla. Yeah. And I'm it's just, very, very funny. I'm just struggling with the whole, like, because she's not really queen. She's queen consort. No, she is queen. And that is, I. So, so Elizabeth changed that right before she died. They were at the Tower of London and they made that pronunciation, oh. which is the place that Charles II died and where queens before her were executed. So, you know, you go say that in front of the Tower of London where all the dead rulers are and the ravens. So Camilla is not queen consort. She is queen. I am not okay. She did not take Duchess of Wales because she felt it was disrespectful to Diana. And my favorite response to that was, do you know it was disrespectful to Diana fucking her husband? Yeah. Like, so clearly he was part in that. And I am not. I am not excusing Charles's behavior, but I'm also over here like, do you know, like, a coronation is an expensive fucking thing. How long do you... million pounds. And how long do you think he's going to last until they're going to have to do the next one? They should have just skipped to Will. Okay, but Will's going to be awful. But I'm just I'm saying. not saying Charles is going to be good. <laughs> like, so. I'm not even... Like I said, I literally said this yesterday. Like I, when it comes to my own country, I am a royalist because I happen to like our royal family. They're cool. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Britain, I'm like, I like the queen for you know whatever weird reason I have for liking the queen. But now it's kind of you know I don't care anymore. Just- yeah. Um. So I was actually watching um again Sophie the Magpie's owner. He did a live stream because he's in the UK. And it's like, we're going to have a coronation live stream. You know, you can ask me questions about, you know, like English stuff because it's very, very weird. And there's a lot of weird stuff going on. And uh, there was a treason counter. We had a we had a counter for treason. Uh, I triggered the treason counter three times. And I'm quite proud of myself. <laughs> what did I do to trigger it? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Mostly... Um, Asking about like Charles's relationships to certain people. Everything okay? Yeah, he's just nagging. But he'll have to wait. Who's nagging? The cat's nagging. But yeah, so like I asked, like, so what are we gonna do with all those pictures of Charles with Jimmy Savile? (laughs) I mean, good question. (laughs) Trees encounter. Uh, That was a brief royal uh, reprieve. Before uh, we answer the seminal question, but wait, what about my uh, oh? Struggles? Please continue with struggles. I d- yeah, I was thinking about them. Uh, I think most, of, like you said, like most of my struggles aren't directly BL related, and they're not mm. necessarily even like writing related. They're the <laughs> post production struggles. Oh. My biggest struggles 
apart from the imposter syndrome, because I am so bad at talking about my own writing and like putting myself out there, it's awful. Mm -hmm. I don't like. I just want to talk about my voice all the time. But if someone actually asks me, I get all, oh, no, that's not important. We don't have to talk about it. I don't want you to think that I'm full of myself. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I like my biggest struggles usually are related to how I will feel inferior in some way. Like I'm afraid that. And also, which the next the next question in 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 the outline is related to that. But, you know, like concerns that I have about how it's going to be. Uh, received or mm -hmm. if it's you know good enough and again like being i think some of it like some of it is norwegian because we have this whole thing where you're not supposed I was to gonna say, that's, that's very scandinavian yeah like where you're never supposed to be proud of anything you do you're never supposed to like toot your own horn and mm -hmm. also because i <laughs> um because you know you have that whole thing with because it's bl and because it's you know often Asian characters, you know, like there are a lot of things that I'm unsure about, like how will yeah. this be, how will this be? Uh, but also because I am a Norwegian writing in English, which is not my native language. Um, and even though that's the language I use for the most part, like I write in mm -hmm. it, I think in it, I, I, you know, most of the things I do are in English, but I still mm -hmm. feel like, I feel inferior. So there's a lot of that. And then there's mm -hmm. a lot of the post work. I hate editing. It is my <laughs> worst enemy. I hate it. I am very bad at actually getting it done. And my biggest challenge when it comes to like actually publishing things is getting through the process of doing the paperwork and editing the things and sending it to the editor and all of those horrible things i i'm you know what i can imagine it. i had those struggles also like i mean for me it's like copy paste into ao3 though i will say like sometimes i'm really really bad about tagging like we have a whole episode on tags and tagging <laughs> and like sometimes like tagging your own work mm. is like am i giving it away by saying that this is oh, yeah, here and summaries oh, notoriously bad at summaries i don't Sorry. know how to do it oh and titles <laughs> fucking titles for shit. Do you use chapter titles? Um, it depends. Yeah. It depends. But um oh my god, fucking titles. That's why like so many of my fix are like lyrics to songs because mm. I'm a 16-year-old boy. Yeah, um, but I do that too. And like I, I really like having chapter titles until yes. I get to a chapter. I don't know what to title. And then I'm like, fuck this. I should have gone with numbers. <laughs> well, and, you know, back to like the whole thing of, um, you know, the characters are kind of like outside of extant for you. That Kitazawa Airy fic that I wrote, um, I had originally another title for it in mind. Hmm. And I knew that I wanted it to be from The Killers because they're my favorite band. I love but, The like, Killers. But I ended up choosing a different song title from the killers to be the title of that and it's like oh it ended up fitting better but it made you know like oh my god it was it was weird but yeah uh fun fact my two biggest fix right now um they're both song lyrics or song titles mm -hmm. so my matt and mellow one is skyscrapers please forgive me which is skyscrapers by okay go um and then that 
Ari and Kitazawa fic is My Own Soul's Warning, which is a song by the Killers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of the smut that I did with Edward Elric and Mustang, um, I actually modeled it after the path for transmutation to create oh. um, <laughs> to create the Philosopher's Stone. Like I like used actual alchemy. Wow. See, and like this is the thing. Like we'll wrap up a little bit on this. Writers are weird. We are built so different. I translated an entire fic into French so I could write a Hitalia fic in the <laughs> in, in the 2020s. But why? Because it was right. It was the right thing to do. Um we're we're built so different. And I think that that's amazing. I think that we should celebrate authorship as it is. Mm. Buy the book. Leave a positive review on Amazon or on Goodreads or something. Leave kudos and also comments on AO3. Yeah. Tip your writers. Um, if they have commissions open, commission them. I feel weird about commissions sometimes. Uh, but yeah, like support writers and artists because we are out here doing hashtag the most yeah now we will close on what will be one of our longest episodes is this fetishizing of gay men does not depend on who you're asking at this point (laughs) so diplomatic answer so i think again there is some validity to that that there definitely is something worth asking mm. why there's a bunch of, you know, women and women adjacent <laughs> that feel very, very comfortable writing gay male stories. Um, and that will point you into the direction of two better episodes <laughs> to discuss why that's horse shit. <laughs> That look, you're just like serving. Thank you. It's the red lipstick, really. I love it. Um, now, are there places where, as a writer, or as you know, you look at a writer, sometimes things feel a little bit icky? So, like, I say this not to be libelous. I do not think that this person is gross. I would never like make that kind of accusation, you know, baselessly. But like John Green, the YouTuber, for me. So I know him mostly as a content creator and as a podcaster than I know him as an author. Yeah. He did a bunch of like manic pixie dream girl YA novels and I don't <laughs> read that shit. I've read, read some. I've read a couple that I. That's fine. But like I, I don't read manic pixie dream girl shit like that. Um, but like for a good while on Tumblr, there was this huge concern about John Green because one, he had that very, very close relationship with the girl that ended up inspiring um, Hazel in um, The Fault in Our Stars. Fault in Our Stars. Real girl named Esther, who was like a teenager. And her and John were very, very close. Um, And then also that like, he's like a 30, 40, 50 year old white man who keeps writing like awkward teenage sex. And like, again, I don't think he's gross. 
I am firm when I say that. But like, yeah, I would probably, if someone were to meaningfully engage with that with me, it's like, why do you feel more comfortable doing this? But I feel like most people that would want to ask that question don't want to meaningfully engage with you about that. Yeah. And like, I, it's not like we don't ask ourselves this question right. a lot. Like, that, that we have not examined this. <laughs> there is so much like stuff going on, like, you know, writers talking to each other, talking to their mm -hmm. writer friends. Like, mm -hmm. do you think this is problematic? Like, again, I once wrote, I've I've told this story before. I I panicked and wrote my my former editor in the middle of the night because I realized that all of my fans, fans, oh, that's a, such a gross word. All of my readers at that time were teenage girls mm -hmm. who listed their like their favorite novels would be my novel and then Twilight. And then I was like this is a problem because they're romanticizing the relationship between Edward and Bella. And I have this in Norway. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have this incredibly toxic relationship because in Jaded, like the two main characters, mm -hmm. they are they like I like just I like to describe them as having benefits without friendship. Like they are they are tied to each other. They That's have this <laughs> they have this thing and they can't let each other go, but it's mm -hmm. obviously very toxic. Mm -hmm. And but I love their dynamic. And as a writer, I really, really enjoy exploring it. They are super hot together. But I was concerned that my teenage audience mm -hmm. were going to romanticize this. And so I panic and I'm emailing my my editor in the middle of the night, just like, are you sure I can publish this? Because what if blah, blah, blah. And he's like, calm down. <laughs> and he talked me down. And I know that, you know, this depends on the reader. It depends it on who, it depends on where you're coming from. Like, you it know. Does. It, like you said about John Green, and I've said this before, like, I like to write characters who are in their teens or like early 20s, because mm -hmm. I have been in my teens and early 20s. Mm -hmm. I have gone through those faltering steps of, you know, finding your sexuality. And mm -hmm. I write what I know. So I write anxious gay boys, <laughs> you know, who do who like who are trying to find their way and, and who make right. mistakes or whatever and that like that's not because i'm fetishizing gay men or because i'm fetishizing teenagehood but because mm -hmm. i was a teenager once like i know and and obviously now the characters I, like in change of heart they're in their 20s because i have now lived my 20s so now i can right. write about them but when i was Absolutely. in my early 20s what did i know teenagehood right. <laughs> that's what i knew right. and i Again, I think it's 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 like everything we talked about with Dr. Thomas. And it's like, yeah, you're assuming that we aren't meaningfully engaging with these questions, which mm. I would beg you to find a BL author who is worth their salt that isn't engaging with that. Because without being shady towards the end of the episode, I certainly can promise that there are some BL authors who are not thinking about this critically and are probably using some of this stuff unscrupul unscrupulously <laughs> lipstick. Um, of course those people exist. Of course those yeah. bad actors exist, but I would argue that most BL creators, one, most of us aren't women anymore. Hmm. <laughs> most, fair. Of us aren't, most of us aren't really women anymore. Um, but also, that we haven't 
beating ourselves up over that for the better part of 15 years. Yeah. And like, you know, I for me, you know, it's like a double struggle because it's like mm -hmm. there's the are we fetishizing the gay man? Why can't I pronounce that word anymore? Like we were doing so well by not bringing it up and then we have to bring it up and it's like, yeah. oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it anymore. Like, but it's, you know, it's, it's the gay men thing. And then it's the Asian men thing, which is yeah. I am trying, like the thing is when I was younger in particular, I had this idea that BL had to be Japanese. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, it, I don't necessarily feel that way anymore, but I will also mm. say that I am a little bit self-indulgent. I write, like when I name my characters, I like to give them names that I mm -hmm. that I enjoy. And mm -hmm. I'm sorry that I'm not attracted to, you know, certain names. Like I could never use like Norwegian names, for instance. Like also that would be weird because I write in English. And well, and to piggyback off that a little bit, I have that issue kind of almost in reverse where like, I do occasionally get some heat for not writing black characters. Mm -hmm. And it's like, one, I am incredibly detached from my blackness. I grew up in suburbia. I am very white hegemonic. That's how my family raised me. I am super, super detached from my blackness. Also, as we mentioned, there is no like monolithic black story. Mm -hmm. There's just stories involving black people. So like, no, there isn't a lot of like radicalization in my story. There isn't a lot of that. It's a lot of watching naruto and looking pretty um yeah. so i get some flack for not writing black characters and it's like well a lot of that's internalized racism a lot of it is that um and then a lot of it also is you know genre it's genre trope yeah exactly it, you know i don't necessarily think of a lot of my characters as asian but like that very like weird like anglo filter mm -hmm. that a lot of bl uses where it's like they're not exactly japanese but there is this weird yeah. like vaguely white filter and i think i think i use like and again because i i and i've talked about this so much i was mm -hmm. so young when i published my first novel so the first yes. three are in a series and mm -hmm. there are so many things i would do differently and again if i ever sit down to actually do what i said i would do this year which is to re-edit them so i can give them some tender loving care there yeah. are things that are going to be changed but obviously at this point I'm not going to rename them. I'm not going to change the setting mm -hmm. because I made a choice as a stupid child. I was I was still a teenager when I started mm -hmm. writing these characters. And and I think that, you know, that's not necessarily an excuse. But again, this was the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. We didn't have conversations no. like we do now about cultural appropriation and identity and and all of these things. And I, I was so unaware of a lot of these things that I'm aware mm -hmm. of now. So when I was writing Change of Heart, like, they aren't like I have made I made a um I made a very informed choice to not say where this was. Like mm -hmm. I gave them names that I vibed with that the characters they essentially named themselves. So yeah, so, but for the most part, there's no mention of where this is. They don't have because and that gave me more freedom to mm -hmm. explore. Uh, you know, because then, you know, you can make it simple. It's like, well, I don't necessarily have to state why this thing is a thing because this is like X city. Like you don't know where it is right. and it makes it more accessible for more readers because more right. people can recognize it. But I didn't think about that when I was 18 years old. Right. Well, but I had a conversation with my friend Stephanie and she's she is a Filipino American. Mm -hmm. And I, before I was releasing this novel, I was freaking out because, you know, since I released my last novel, 
-hmm. the purity cult has grown out you know mm -hmm. of nowhere and everyone is really rightfully so invested in cultural appropriation and things and i was Correct. horrified i was so afraid and i was like do you think that i should like you know should i do something should i like is it okay if I name them this, you know, like whatever mm -hmm. I was like, I was just venting. I'm like, I'm not using my one, like, Oh, you're Asian. Let me, a person of color, come here. Yeah, you know? no, that was, that was it. We were literally having Chinese food and venting about our, 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 our Chinese food. Really? With the Filipino friend. Yeah. Because it was, because we were hungry. Okay. No, we were literally having food and ranting about our lives. No, I love, creators. I love that. No, and, no. And she was like, and, and, but the thing that she was like, she, she kind of just shrugged and she like, I don't like, why is it a problem? And I'm like, Pixie, I'm white. And she was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't understand. I don't want, <laughs> I am trying. But like, you know, it, it's it's weird to me, and like I realize that like I've circumvented a lot of that by like writing fanfic. Yeah. So like, yeah, like when I set gravitation stuff in New York, a lot of it happens in New York. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, I can ignore that. You know, Aries, very very white looking and very white coated, and is praised for not being Asian looking at all, which is why everyone thinks that, like he's the hotter brother in comparison to Tata, mm -hmm. which. We don't have time to talk about that. Um, <laughs> Gravitation episode 2.0. <laughs> right. Why, why Aerie, the Aryan-looking one, is the hot brother in comparison to his more Asian-looking brother. But okay, sure, pop off, I guess. Um, you know, <laughs> like, I, I really, like, I, I wrote myself a pass out of dealing with that because I didn't know how to deal with mm. it. And I still don't know how to deal with it. Like, when I come up with OCs, almost none of them are Black because I don't feel connected to that and i'm not going to go any further into that because i don't have answers and that's not a dialogue i want to open up um but like yeah like i feel like when you ask that question you know are you fetishizing or is this appropriative or one i think most of the time you're asking people that don't necessarily have answers to this uh and two they don't have answers to it because they've already been examining this for mm. years and a lot of that is genre fiction. A lot of that yeah. is, you know, it comes down to personal, you know, personal history and background. And I, yeah, I realized I, I basically wrote that problem out of me by, you know, having, by staying in the fanfic space. Now, like, yeah, same. Like, I have that with um sexual orientation and gender representation. So my fix, mm -hmm. like, they started off written very, very poorly from a... I feel uncomfortable calling myself cis back then, but like from but a you perspective, thought you were like, yeah, you, yeah. Like, I feel uncomfortable saying that I was cis back then, but like, you know, written in a way that in hindsight was um, less than good. Mm. And and when we're talking about this, it's not like we're making excuses for no, ourselves, but not at it's, all. it's so hard to navigate. And once something's out there, it's out there. And it's, I, I'm so bad at talking about these things because I feel like I'm just digging a hole for myself and making it well, worse. Like, but I want to be transparent why... about my insecurities. But like that's why like I've never posted my big gravitation fic. Like there's so many reasons why I won't do that because I am also a coward and <laughs> I don't want to open myself up to that scrutiny. Cowards unite. Yeah, because I'm also a fucking coward. Yeah. 
And no, I don't want to talk about how I wrote, you know, trans characters in 2003. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> when your only, like, only source of reference was the limited media that, right. that we oh, had at me. that time. This is more like, forgive me, this is more like 2005, 2006. Like, things got much better. But yeah. like, no, I don't want to talk about how I framed transness or queerness or, you know, even just sexual attraction. Because, mm. yeah, when I look back, my shit was predatory as fuck. Because that's all that was around me. I was a high school American with fat, with a fat ass and giant tits. Every romance was predatory. Yeah, and, and, and you know... It, it was part of that journey. Like, again, like you said, you were writing porn before you knew what a dick was. Like, that is, like, you, the, it's, you can't really necessarily judge someone on how they were navigating those spaces back then, necessarily. Yes. And and also, I think that, again, because it's BL, it's supposed to be homosexual romances right so mm -hmm. romances between men that that is the genre like that's it yes. that's the genre like it yes. or not but also again neither of us at least speaking for the two of us we're not trying to write you know like the unilateral gay men experience we are writing no. this, the experience of these specific characters yeah. in this specific setting I would, like i would i would absolutely cry if someone was like i modeled my gay experience after your fic i'd be like you need help yeah like that's not good like yeah i've had people i've had friends like say to me when they're going through something and they get a little like salty towards like an ex-partner or whatever and mm -hmm. they've they've been like oh i'm gonna you know i basically turned into aki today i'm like D don't do that no, he's, that's not he's, yeah he's a trash gremlin like you're not supposed to like you can love him as a character but don't don't copy him please because he's a that's also disaster. i also do love that where it's like oh my god like i'd love to be like one of your characters and it's like a sociopath no. a sociopath who gets abused by the author yeah a sociopath with his dick out you want to be that okay i freaking love the sociopath with his dick out i mean great great character trope but like not a, <laughs> yeah, yeah not no a, not an aspirable li life goal I, I don't want to be one of those. I don't want to know any of those. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, no, thank you. I would call the police. Right. Frankly. Like, it's, <laughs> it's very funny because, yeah, like, every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, my God, like, that, that character is such like, a boss. I'd love to be like them. And it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. And you really don't. Uh, yeah. To wrap There's things up. There's so much to say about this. We could yeah, go on we, forever. Right? We really could have like four episodes on like, this. Like seriously, do if you have any like comments or questions on what we just talked about, like please send them to us so we can yeah, address it. Because comments. I always feel I always feel like I'm leaving a lot of threads hanging and making myself look worse for it. So like no, please no, please ask you, us to You to... did great. Oh god. Okay. Uh <laughs> where can people support our work? You first. What? Me first. <laughs> it's like again with the weird. Oh, there we, you are. It's been over a year. <laughs> We're never getting it. Okay. I'm trying so hard. It's to... never happening. <laughs> there you are. I'm pointing towards you right now, right. kind of like in a weird, like yes. Egyptian hieroglyphic way. Uh, yeah. No. Where can people support me? Oh God. <laughs> See, and I instantly go into that. No, I don't. I don't need it. No. Okay. I'm gonna do this. Right. So. You can essentially follow me everywhere at Author Corolla. I mostly use Twitter and Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. 
I do have a website, authorcorolla.com, um, where you can find all the links to where I am on the internet, uh, mm -hmm. to my to to where you can buy my books, mm -hmm. and also to my future projects, my future endeavors. I am trying to launch that Patreon. I really am. I, just, I believe in you. I ran into some paperwork I don't understand because there's a whole ass thing happening behind the scenes here that I don't understand. You know, but, yeah. I can just like help you, right? Yeah, but you can't help me with the weird Norwegian tax rules. I mean, no, you're right. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you, so at author Corolla. You can find me by uh, writing your intentions upon a clay dove and sending it to <laughs> <laughs> uh you can find me uh by my weeb name ichuma everywhere uh i will spell it out in yield description yeah we'll put the links in the we'll comment put links in description in uh, and you can follow my ao3 and read my horrible horrible smut uh sidebar uh so in my birding server uh everyone knows <laughs> that i really really like quails so anytime there's a quail uh people will comment and someone posted an image of a chucker, which is a type of partridge. And I freaked out because a chucker is the bird that the horrible nurse and hostile boyfriend is. And I was like, <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> so I was yeah. very, very distracted because chuckers are very cute. They're very, very round. Uh, they're great partridges. But it's like, oh, I know him. Uh, not sure if affectionately. No, it's affectionate. I like him. I like him a lot. <laughs> it's a little scary, but it was like, oh, you look familiar. Uh, this is the part of the show where we thank our patrons. Thank I have not patron. been reading out your names because I uh, forget to open up the tab, but I will start doing that if you guys uh, tell me to do so. But please know to every patron on the internet, we appreciate you very, very we much. We love you. We love you. Patrons at uh, during every month get at least one piece of exclusive content at a certain level, exclusive merch, and moving forward, options to pick what we do next in the show. <laughs> yes. Uh, including our Hotful Boyfriend run. Yes. We need you to tell us which choices to make. We will go back to Hotful Boyfriend. Uh, if you would like to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash the alley shelf. Again, that is patreon.com slash the alley shelf. Um, join our Discord. Follow join us our Discord, on uh, follow us Twitter, everywhere. Insta. Yeah. yeah all um, the links are in the description box. All the links are in the description. Uh, comment. Let us know if you have any questions about writing. Uh, yeah, we will. I posted, I forgot. I've been posting like question stickers on Instagram and also on Twitter. Great. So, like, if you have any questions about our writing or, like, BL writing in general, send them to us. We'll answer them in the live. Yeah, for sure. Let us know. Uh, Corolla, next month <gasps> is uh, special. Oh, very special. Next month is Pride. Yes. And uh, we're doing something extra special to celebrate. A special guest. Ooh. Do you want to tell the audience at home what we're doing? I <laughs> If we back out now, Corolla, it fucks up the whole calendar. Yeah, no, we're not going to fuck up the calendar. <laughs> we the, the moment of panic, it's like, well, Corolla, it's a little late now. <laughs> That's not what I meant. 
I just thought maybe we wanted to make people suffer a little more. No, no. if I'm allowed to talk about it, I'll gladly talk about you how can... we have invited a very special guest to join us to talk about BL scholarship. We have yes. uh, the magnificent Professor James Welker joining us next month. Dr. Welker. Dr. Welker, yes. We invited one of the premier BL scholars to talk about an intro into a BL scholarship. It felt right to do for Pride. It felt right to do for this part of the show. So I'm very excited to have Dr. Welker on the show. I'm very, I'm very so excited. excited. Uh, I will once again be up very, very early in the morning. So if I look and seem hollow, it is because time is a myth. I tried to sacrifice myself, but again, my time zone is in the middle. <laughs> Somehow your time zone ends up being the favorable one where either of us on either coast are just like fucked. And I'm just, and then, I'm trying so hard. Like I'm so no. willing to sacrifice. But my right, and Corolla's just like, oh, I've had a lovely little nap. I've had some lunch. It's, you know, <laughs> early evening. And it's, it's like Amanda's crawling out of bed at three o'clock in the morning. Like, hello. <laughs> Well, I mean, we had to make a sacrifice, and unfortunately, that had to be you because we don't <laughs> want our guest to sacrifice his sleep schedule. Absolutely, like, like if you want to be a guest on the Yahweh Shelf and you're not in our time zone, we will accommodate you. Yes, usually, usually by sacrificing means, Amanda. Yeah, by, by sacrificing Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Yeah. It's not my fault. But like, I if you please. decide to be a guest on the Yahweh Shelf, you will be well taken care of, fully at Amanda's expense. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I'm super excited to have Dr. Wolf oh, on it's the show. Be so good. Um, thank you to our patrons. Thank you for thank listening. You. Thanks for uh, listening. We will see you guys at the end of the month for a live stream. Uh, stay writing. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.